You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to preview this weekend's Eagles-Raiders game with Matt Holder, who's a writer for the Raiders SB Nation site, Silver and Black Pride. We're going to get into all of the key matchups coming up here in the next few minutes and get his thoughts on what the Raiders are going to be facing when they take on the Birds. Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, what does he think about what we got going on here in Philadelphia? So we're going to tackle that coming up next. Also, the Eagles' schedule gets a whole lot easier from here on out. How many games are they going to win the rest of the way? And could this be a schedule that allows them to actually potentially maybe finish with a winning record? Maybe potentially squeak into the postseason? I'll run down the schedule for you and how I see things shaking out here over the last 11 games of the season. But first, the Eagles don't get out to Las Vegas all that often. In fact, this is their first ever trip out to Vegas, and they'll be taking on the Raiders, a pretty good Raiders team that has a chance to go to 5-2 and uh, this Sunday against the 2-4 and four Eagles. Two teams kind of moving in opposite directions although things have not been without its drama in Las Vegas uh, over the last couple of weeks. So uh, joining me to help break down this game and give us a temperature check on where the Raider, Raiders are right now is Matt Holder. He's a writer for the Raiders SB Nation site Silver and Black Pride. You can follow him on Twitter at mholder95. Matt, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. And so I kind of want to, I'm, I'm curious where the Raiders nation you know, head is right now because of all the stuff that went on with John Gruden over the last couple of weeks. I was impressed that they beat the Broncos last week. I really felt like on the same week as all the John Gruden stuff was going down that uh, they, they wouldn't get up for that game, but they did. They got up and, and they beat a Broncos team that is getting a little bit better. The Broncos aren't great yet, but it was an in, it was a divisional game and, you know, the Raiders came to play. So what was your takeaway? Did you expect them to do as well as they did last week? Uh, no, I mean, I was definitely in with you. I, I was very surprised. I thought, you know, all the distractions that happened with the week and dealing with a new coach. And the other thing that was underrated about it is Greg Olson didn't know he was going to be calling plays until Monday night, right? So normally yeah, right. Uh, you like to start the game plan, you know, in the morning and whatnot. But I do, I was pleasantly surprised with how the Raiders came out. Like you said, I figured they'd come out flat and all the stuff going on. And yeah, I mean, they ended up coming out and having their best game of the year and starting off the game fast, which has been an issue for them all year. And again, did not expect that with all the adversity going on. And the offense looked a lot different. The offense was a lot more modern and whatnot and doing a lot more play action, getting the running backs involved in the passing game. So a lot of good to be seen without uh, John Gruden, which was, again, a big surprise. Yeah, so, I mean, is Raiders Nation angry at what went down? Are they upset? Or is it kind of like a just resignation to it how are how are Raiders fans taking it all well I think it's kind of split you know anytime you get that many people in uh in one group obviously people are gonna have different opinions I -hmm. think uh one of the things for me that has reigned true and I think that 
probably a lot of people feeling is some people feel kind of betrayed a little bit by John Gruden. You know, I mm-hmm. think uh, even dating back to his Monday Night Football days when he was on the national stage, he always kind of presented that that uh, persona of like this happy-go-lucky guy that all he cares about is football and yada yada. You know, great personality, someone that you can easily like. And then yeah. you know, obviously those emails were a little bit contradictory to do that and. So yeah. I think there's a, a feeling of kind of shock and betrayal almost like we've been lied to a little bit. But I definitely think uh, for the most part, you know, the Raiders have always been an organization that's prided itself on diversity and inclusion, which John Gruden's emails did not or went against that and whatnot. Yeah. But I do uh, I do think most people are right now are kind of starting to move on, starting to understand, you know, Gruden's not going to be around and kind of find, finding the uh, feeling it's a good thing at this point and i definitely think a a big win like we were talking about at the beginning uh helped that out tell us a little bit about rich pisaccia who who took over as head coach obviously he's the interim guy was the special teams coach uh how how are the raiders kind of piecing this together in the wake of gruden being gone yeah so pisaccia obviously like you said took over as the um interim head coach he was the assistant head coach before gruden had gone over or had uh exited we'll say and um been around the league for a while. I believe he's in his 60s and whatnot. This is his first head coaching job and have been looking for a head coaching job. So awesome to see him get his first win. Defensively, I mean, nothing's really changing from the beginning of the season. You know, it's still going to be Gus Bradley. He's still mm-hmm. calling the shots. And as you guys have probably taken notice, the Raiders defense is a lot improved from what it's been over yes. the last few years. And then offensively, yeah, with Greg Olson calling the plays, we've only had one game, and this was the first time he had even called plays in about six years, dating back to his days with the uh, Jaguars and Blake Bortles, and um, you know his last four years here with uh, the Raiders. Gruden's been calling the plays, but definitely looked a little bit different. Like I was talking about, a lot more play action, a lot more uh, modern offense. So, be interesting to see how much that sticks and if they can uh, continue that success on Sunday. Yeah, and it'll be interesting, too, for Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, what team he's going to be preparing for, because obviously mm-hmm. there's all those games under Gruden doing it one way, and then you mentioned, like, last week, more play action. Going to be, you know, is it going to be a totally different identity now with Gruden out of there, or um, was it just kind of a, a one-week thing? It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, and really, I guess only time's going to tell on that one. Um, let's talk about your quarterback, Derek Carr. You know, he's... He's one of those guys that I, I think flashes brilliance and can can get on hot streaks and, and play really well. But he's he strikes me as kind of a, a mid tier guy. Um, can he be a championship level quarterback? Like, is Derek Carr a guy who can take the Raiders to the Super Bowl? Well, that's the uh, the twenty five million dollar question that the Raiders have to answer <laughs> in the off season, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think before this season, I definitely would agree with you. Definitely would have felt that Derek Carr was kind of that mid tier quarterback who. When things are going right, he can be really good and help supplement your team and elevate you and whatnot. But when things aren't perfect, when the the situation isn't going well, he kind of struggled. But it's been the exact opposite this year. He's been amazing this year. He's had all but all but about, we'll say, one and a half games. I'll give him half the game against the Chargers. He's looked pretty good. And then there was the debacle against the Bears, which kind of was the start of the wake of the whole Gruden stuff. So who knows how much that played a factor into his performance and the whole team's performance and whatnot. But I do think Derek Carr is playing extremely well this year and playing like an MVP candidate this year. Um, We talked about all the adversity that's gone on this year. The Raiders have also had a ton of 
issues at offensive line. They kind of came into the year after dismantling it in the offseason with a weaker offensive line, then lost Richie Incognito in training camp, then Denzel Good, who was the other starting right guard um, as well. And they have a center in uh, in Andre James, who before this year had one start to his name and obviously was inexperienced. And then we're playing Alex Leatherwood at right tackle, who was a rookie. And I mean, Carr has stood through the face of it all and been extremely good and been one of the the better quarterbacks in this league this year and playing his best football as of late. So I'd say uh, in the offseason, in about August, I definitely would agree with you. But <laughs> the way he's been playing this year, I, I don't know. I feel like he's getting up in there in that top tier quarterbacks. All right, well, let's, I guess uh be a good test for him this week against an Eagles pass rush that I think on the interior, uh, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, that can pose some problems. But coming from the edge, the Eagles really haven't had much going on there, uh, although it has picked up in, in recent weeks. Uh, Josh Sweat had a sack last week, and uh, it, it looks like some of the other guys are, are starting to slowly get things going there on the outside but let's talk about those battles in the trenches and you mentioned Alex Leatherwood playing uh playing much better here over the over the last couple of weeks um it, do the do the Raiders have enough on the inside to counteract the, the Eagles defensive tackles uh, Cox and Hargrave or um is this a you know who has the edge in, in this uh this one set of matchups uh here in the trenches yeah, that's definitely the biggest matchup that worries me as a as a Raider fan is the uh, Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox versus John Simpson, Andre James, and Alex Leatherwood. All three of the guys for the Raiders have really struggled in pass protection and struggled across the board. And then you know Fletcher Cox is a former All-Pro, and Javon Hargrave is playing like one of the best interior pass rushers in the league. So that's definitely something where if we're thinking about an upset, about the Eagles pulling off the win, um, I think that's going to play the big factor, and that will be the biggest difference right there. That's definitely something that I'm pretty concerned about. As far as on the outside, Brandon Parker is another guy who has been around for a while but has really struggled and kind of taken over for Alex Leatherwood at right tackle because Alex Leatherwood was one of the worst tackles in the NFL in pass protection this year so far. But Brandon Parker has been better but still not quite as good. Be interested to see how Josh Sweat does against him. I'd imagine they'll put Sweat on his side. I'm not sure how much they rotate, um, or the Eagles rotate, excuse me. But the only guy that I'm really confident in is going to be Colton Miller, and that's kind of been the case all season. Colton Miller's the Raiders' left tackle, and he's been a, been a stalwart so far, one of the better young tackles in the league. But those interior guys, they, they're keeping me up at night this week, and I'm sure they're keeping uh, Greg Olson <laughs> and uh, Tom Cable up, the Raiders' offensive line coach. A lot of nightmares so far. So that's, I think, going to be one of the biggest keys and key matchups in the game this week. Let's uh, let's also flip things around a little bit, and I mean, let's talk about some of the um, uh, some of the skill position guys that that the Raiders have, and I, and obviously, I think at wideout there's there's a number of in, intriguing guys. Henry Ruggs is obviously um, having a terrific start to his season, 445 yards uh, so far receiving uh, on on 20 catches. He's got two touchdowns, 22.3 yards per reception. That's that's pretty great. And <laughs> um, I know he obviously has a connection with Devontae Smith. I know um, Devontae was uh, was basically trying to. Get, he's going to be giving Eagles, uh, Eagles defensive, uh, the defensive coordinator, the defensive backs, uh, some tips and hints. <laughs> but I mean, you know, talent is is going to yeah. really matter more than anything else here. But you know, this this feels like between rugs, uh, between Hunter Renfro, who's who's really emerging as a as an excellent uh, as an excellent receiver, and Darren Waller at tight end. 
Man, for, for an Eagles defensive secondary that, that struggles outside of Darius Slay, there's, the Eagles are starting to make some, some plays. They are starting to get some turnovers here in recent weeks, which has been a real problem for this team over the years. But really just kind of a, a vanilla defense the, the Eagles have. And I, this, this, to me, feels like a matchup advantage for, for Las Vegas. What about you? Yeah, I'd agree. I think the, the key is going to be how the Eagles want to attack Waller. If they're going to do bracket coverage or double-team Waller like a lot of teams have tried – that's been yeah. good at shutting Waller down or slowing yeah. Waller down, but it hasn't helped to, you know, take care of the guys that you just mentioned, the Hunter Renfro's, the Henry Ruggs. That's kind of mm-hmm. where you've seen a lot of the the deep shots to Ruggs come from because the safety's got or the safety is on Waller, and so there's kind of this free reign got free reign to, for him to run down the field and use that four two seven speed, and hopefully your uh, your corner brought his PF flyers because Devontae <laughs> Smith can tell them everything they need to know, but. Can't make them any faster. So that's right. Um, that's going to kind of be the key. I think if I find the Eagles, what I probably try and do is try and put Slay on Waller and treat Waller basically like a wide receiver. Mm. That way, if there's any chance, you can maybe take away Waller or at least slow him down with a one on one matchup and then take away guys like Hunter Renfro and Henry Ruggs um, as well. But that's going to be tough to do because Waller is still six seven, about two fifty, and can uh, can probably bully bully Darius Slay a little bit, and he can still get open. He's one of those guys that's a matchup nightmare that can be too big for DBs, too fast for linebackers, and all that stuff. So I'm I'm interested to see how it works. Like you said, Darius Slay is kind of the guy that really worries me. That I think can maybe erase somebody or one of the Raiders' weapons uh, potentially. And then I'm interested to see how Avante Maddox and Henry Renfro, how that battle works out. But again, yeah, I definitely feel like that's going to favor the Raiders a little bit with how the uh, Eagles secondary has struggled in recent years. Yeah, I mean, and I think I think Slay probably will be on rugs most of the time. I, I, I doubt they'll put him gotcha. on the tight end, but that just that terrifies me because, you know, I, I, I look at who the Eagles have at linebacker, you know, and Alex Singleton, <laughs> boy, oh boy, he... he Alex Singleton's a guy who makes a lot of tackles, but usually gets dragged six yards downfield <laughs> as he's as he's making the tackle pretty much every time. And you know, T.J. Edwards, Eric Wilson, you know, Jannard Avery, these are all guys that, that play hard, but they just don't have the physicality to, to to hang with a guy like Waller. So, I mean, maybe you put Stephen Nelson on him. Maybe you use Avante Maddox on 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 Waller at different times because Maddox has actually had a pretty good year as a slot corner. But like yep. you mentioned, you know, the you, you said it yourself. I mean, they they actually have the Raiders have a a slot corner that that is dangerous as well. So. It's an, to me that's a big nightmare for the for the Eagles. But I do feel like one of the one of the Eagles' defensive issues this year has been stopping the run game, and I you know it's it's been there pretty much every week. But as I look at as I look at uh, Las Vegas's, and if I said oh, if I say if I drop into <laughs> occasional Oakland's, which I probably have already done, <laughs> it's just it's just decades of of I hear uh, you. Uh, of, of yeah repetition. Um, but yeah, if they, if they're gonna have an advantage anywhere here, I do think that the Eagles' run defense can handle. Las Vegas is running back uh, in their their backfield. Does does Vegas have um, a running game? I know Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, they're averaging under four yards a carry. Is right. is this an area where where Las Vegas really needs to kind of pound the rock, or are they going to look to go to the air? Yeah, I think they're going to look to go to the air. I think you know across the board, if talking about the Raiders as a whole, even defensively, they're a team that is built for the modern NFL, that is built for the passing game, both offensively and defensively. I definitely think the Eagles can have an advantage, or the Eagles' defense can have an uh, advantage over the Raiders' offense in the on the ground game. Um, the Raiders' offensive line, as much as I talked about how they struggled in pass protection, they've also struggled to run block too, which is uh, mm-hmm. two things that are a little important for the offensive line. But yeah, yeah. 
I uh, I definitely think the Eagles can have an advantage there. The Raiders' run game this year has been pretty much non-existent. Although I will say, going back to last week, it looked a lot better too. It seemed to be a common theme, but. Yeah, it's definitely not an area of strength for the Raiders. I think they average like 3.3 yards per carry as a team, which is like, if not the worst in the NFL, bottom three, bottom five kind of deal. So it's definitely an area of weakness for the Raiders. And one, again, with the with the Eagles front seven against the Raiders offensive line, something that the Eagles probably have a little bit of an advantage of heading into Sunday. Let's uh, let's flip to the other side of the football. And I, I always ask everyone who comes on this podcast what they think about Jalen Hurts, because obviously mm-hmm. this, I think he's got one year to prove himself. They have all these first yeah. round picks next year. It looks like they're going to have three based on how Carson Wentz is playing. So they have the ammunition to move up in the draft if they need to. They may not even need to if you want to draft a quarterback, but it's not a great quarterback class. Or they could use some of these guys, some of these picks for a veteran quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. I know there was linkage to Deshaun Watson again this week. I still think that's a lot of smokescreen, but. <laughs> They have one year. Jalen Hurts has really one year to prove himself here. And, you know, there's a lot of conversation. Is is it the problems with the Eagles offense? Is it more Jalen Hurts or Nick Sirianni? I think we can agree that neither are helping the other out at this point. What's what to you is the biggest tension point here with the Eagles offense? Is it is it is the is it the quarterback or the head coach or, you know, again, a little bit of both? Um, well, I think it's a, a definitely a situation where if you bring in an offensive-minded head coach where you can't completely absolve them of blame. But I will say I am a big draft nut and was never very high on Jalen Hurts. I know he got some buzz towards the end of the draft process and obviously ended up being a second-round pick. Uh, for me, you know, he's a guy that I've always loved the guy. I love the story. You know, I think he's a great competitor and he has all the intangibles you want. But he doesn't have the tangibles you want. He has the you – know, he is a good runner and whatnot – but I don't really trust him as a as a thrower. I mean, yeah. he's never been terribly accurate, never had the greatest arm strength, not to say that he has a weak arm or anything, but he, those are two obviously pretty important things if you um, are going to yeah. play quarterback in this league is being able to throw the ball. So I think for me, I've probably got to put a little bit more on Jalen Hurts. I was just watching that, uh, that clip on Twitter not too long ago of him doing like 360s in the pocket with no pressure around him, which is uh, – yeah. That's not Which great. Which is concerning and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, not exactly <laughs> what you're looking for from your quarterback. Not the, not the best pocket presence. But, yeah, I'm not – like, again, like Jalen Hurts' story, like him as a person. He seems like a really good guy. But I just don't know how much I care about him as a, as a running back or as a quarterback. But I think to your point of what you were talking about with the coaching staff, I think the one thing that the Eagles can do is try and get him involved in the running game a little bit more, try and get him – to get some more momentum going, which I know is obviously kind of backwards thinking the NFL and never wants your quarterback running more and taking hits. But I feel like he's a guy that kind of has to play with his feet a little bit first, get comfortable, get some momentum, get some rhythm, and then kind of open things up with the pass. And that's kind of how he's got to be. And uh, I think that's one of the biggest things the Eagles coaching staff has kind of failed to do so far, at least this season, is not get him involved uh, in the running game as much. Well, and even and every time anyone talks about the Eagles' offense, and every every time anybody talks about Nick Sirianni, they always preface everything with saying, "Look, I'm not a establish the run guy." Which <laughs> I think we can when we're talking about the offense. I think we can all accept none of us are just run the ball guys. But <laughs> to only run your your star running back Miles Sanders, who is not a scrub, he's a guy who can play a little bit one time in a, in the first half, kind of does a disservice to your quarterback when when you don't even give your your offense 
a second dimension, it just it makes the it makes the job for the quarterback that much harder. And so I'm I am certainly not convinced by in any way that Jalen Hurts is is the quarterback of the future. I'm I would love for him to be because I'd love to see the Eagles take those first round draft picks this offseason and use it to fill other holes on the team, but I don't feel like we've been even able to get a true sense of how good he is or how good he isn't because the play calling and the game planning by Sirianni and the staff has been just brutal. It's been absolutely terrible. And so I'm curious to see if this week is finally the week he'll start to use his running backs out of the backfield. How do the Raiders prepare for this offense, knowing that they the Eagles have not tried to establish the run in any way, shape, or form with with the run with a set of running backs in, in Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell who've shown that they can do a little bit of something? Yeah, I think that's a good question. It's a tough one to answer because I think if you're Gus Bradley right now, you have to look at the tape and you know see what they've been doing, which is obviously the the opposite of what we're talking about here. But you also have to realize they haven't had a whole lot of success, so they could throw something at you that's uh, completely different. So I think that's kind of comes where the challenge of being a coach and especially being a coach in the NFL comes in. But I definitely think the uh, if the if the Eagles are going to be smart, they're going to try and get involved a little bit more in the running game. Like we were talking about, that's not exactly a strength for the Raiders right now, especially defensively. But the biggest thing for me, I think that probably plays partially into why the Eagles have been calling the play calls that they have is they played from behind for the majority of the game. So it's a lot harder to, <laughs> yeah. a lot harder to run the ball when you're, when you're down two possessions and whatnot. Um, so I think that's going to be kind of a big part, too, is to get that offense going early. Again, probably establish the run because the Eagles are efficient when they do run the ball. I was surprised to see that this year, this week when I was doing my research. I think they're top five in yards per carry as a team. But yeah. obviously, yeah. when you're down two scores, it's a little bit harder to, to establish the run at that point. Well, and when you do, like in the fourth quarter of the Tampa Bay game, when Miles Sanders finally got the ball a bit and, and started running, when you're down by two scores, teams are more willing to let you run the ball. Right, um, right. E- Even if you're picking up seven chunks at a time, because it's going to take time off the clock to do that. I know one of the other matchups that uh, you'd written about that uh, we should be keeping an eye on is uh, Max Crosby against Lane Johnson. Obviously, Lane Johnson coming back this week after dealing with some anxiety and, and depression issues. And um, when he's on, he's one of the best right tackles in the game. Uh, but we don't exactly know what we're going to get out of Lane Johnson this week. And Max Crosby is a pretty dynamic pass rusher. Um, let's talk a little bit about that matchup. How, how much of an advantage is that for, for Las Vegas? Well, I think it depends on what you're talking about. You know, how, how good of shape is Lane Johnson going to be in? Is he going to be the, the same guy that he's been in the last few years, which is one of the best right tackles in the NFL? Or is he going to be a look like a guy that's taken the last or hasn't played in the last three weeks and whatnot and uh, a little bit slower than normal? Because one of the things that makes Max Crosby such a great player is his, his get off and his, his athleticism and how much speed he just has around the edge. And then from there, he can turn that into speed and power. I, I hesitate to say that it is an advantage for the Raiders just because I do respect the hell out of Lane Johnson and what he's been able to do over the last you know 10 years or whatever it's been. And sure. like I said, been one of the best right tackles. Um, I do think, you know, having Max Crosby played the whole year and, you know, like we were talking about, like I was talking about at the beginning and maybe Lane Johnson isn't in, in quite as good a shape as he was in week one. I do think it'll slightly favor the Raiders, but it is definitely something that I'm just looking forward just to watching as a football fan, regardless of any sort of teams. Cause I mean, there aren't many times where you get two guys who are, uh, some of the best at their position that get to go out at all games. So it'll be a fun one to watch and definitely another another one of those key matchups that I think will play a big factor in the game. All right, well, let's get down to it here. Uh, let's get to some prediction time, Matt. Uh, how do you see this thing shaking out on Sunday afternoon? 
I I think the Raiders are going to win this one. I, I I don't mean to disappoint you guys that much, but uh, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm not terribly worried about the Eagles. You know, like we we're talking about them being two and four. It seems like they're kind of still trying to figure out the identity of the team and whatnot. But being a Raiders fan for the last 20 years, I also know that I can't take anything for uh, for granted. So. I think there's definitely an upset potential if the Eagles can start to establish the run early on and end up playing a little bit of ball control and keeping the Raiders off the field. But ultimately, I do think the Raiders are going to be a little bit too much. And I'll say, uh, I'll say 31-21 Raiders. Raiders win, heading to 5-2 and two in the bye week. Yeah, I'm going to give my prediction here in just a minute, but I'm not predicting an Eagles victory either. I, I just <laughs> feel like, you know, this. I think the Raiders are pretty good. And I, the only thing that concerns me for the Raiders is, and I know there are many folks, on, uh, many of them write for our website, who do not believe in the letdown game theory. But um, I, as an Eagles fan, I have, uh, I've seen it happen many times over the course <laughs> of, of 25 years watching the football team. And to me, this is a, this is a week where, you know, it was a very emotional week for, for the Raiders last week. You know, you're playing a divisional opponent. Uh, and everything going on, and now you come in this week, and uh, it's a it's a non-conference opponent. Uh, I wonder if the the emotions are, are not quite where where they were last week. And um, to me, that's if if a team's going to suffer an emotional letdown, it can be coming you know coming down the mountain off of uh, getting revved up for for last week's game with with all the turmoil and controversy going on there in, in Vegas. So if the Eagles are going to pull this off, <laughs> I think it's going to be largely a result of maybe the Raiders playing some sloppy football, some penalties, some turnovers, that sort of thing. Um, I don't think this is a game where if the Raiders play well, the Eagles can outplay them in any way. So, Yeah. Well, the Raiders are, uh, they are susceptible to their fair share of penalties. That's kind of been the, uh, the theme throughout the, uh, basically since the franchise inception. So yeah, exactly. Well, Well, the Eagles are, (laughs) the Eagles are out raiding the Raiders in terms of penalties this year. So I'm, (laughs) I'm a little bit worried to, I mean, if you're going to take an over under on penalties called in this game, you got to shoot the over, I would imagine. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's just, that's a no brainer. Um, all right, folks, look, Make sure you are checking out everything going on over at Silver and Black Pride to get the latest on the Raiders ahead of this weekend's matchup against the Birds. Follow Matt Holder on Twitter at mholder95. Matt, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy, buddy. I appreciate it. No problem. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Well, up next, according to ESPN, the Eagles have the easiest schedule of any team in the NFL the rest of the way. How many games can they reasonably be expected to win? I'll tackle that coming up next here on Eye on the Enemy. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great. 
but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. And we're back on Eye on the Enemy. So let's take a look at the Eagles' schedule the rest of the way. And Bill Barnwell sent out a tweet earlier in the week noting that so far this year, the Eagles have played the third toughest schedule in the NFL. They have the easiest schedule in the NFL from here on out. And I know we've watched the Eagles. We've watched their game plans. We've watched Nick Sirianni seemingly over his head. I agree uh, with Jimmy Kemsky, uh, who mentioned this on BGN Radio earlier this week. I do think Nick Sirianni has appeared to be over his head uh, so far in his uh, very brief coaching tenure with with the Birds. But I have not been enthused by anything I've seen from him outside of the week one game plan that he had weeks and weeks to prepare for. But the Eagles really have faced a litany of really hard teams. They faced the last two Super Bowl participants in the Tampa Bay Bucks and Kansas City Chiefs and two Super Bowl contenders in the 49ers and Cowboys. Those are their four losses so far this year. Their wins have come against the Atlanta Falcons and Carolina Panthers, and I think the Panthers are kind of crashing back to earth. We know the, we know the Falcons are bad. What we've seen from this Eagles team so far is that they are not nearly good enough to beat good teams, but they are good enough to beat bad teams. And so... How many games can this team win the rest of the way? They're 2-4 and four right now. Do they have a schedule that's easy enough for them to finish with a winning record or to even potentially sneak into the playoffs? It all starts this weekend with the Eagles against the Raiders in Las Vegas. I'm going to give you that prediction coming up here in just a couple of minutes. But then the Eagles travel to Detroit to take on the Lions. Now, entering this week's play, Detroit is 0-5. They are not going to get their first win of the season this weekend against the Rams. So the Eagles will likely head into Detroit against an 0-6 Lions team that does feel like they're on the way up just a little bit. Now, Jared Goff has the ability to get hot, but he's still largely a bad quarterback. And although I think that the Lions can beat the Eagles in this game, certainly, and I don't think they're as bad as their record indicates right now, they've been, they've been close in every single game so far. I do feel like they're a team on the way up, but not... In week eight, I think the Eagles will go into Detroit and beat the Lions. So that'll be a victory there. Week nine, the Chargers come to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. I'm sorry, Justin Herbert against the Eagles defense is just not a fair fight at this moment. So I have that as a loss for the Birds. In week 10, the Eagles go to Denver to take on the Broncos. And I think this is one of the trickier games left on the schedule. Because I still don't know exactly what Denver is right now. Their three wins are against the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets. Three pretty terrible teams, right? Their three losses are against the Ravens, Steelers, and Raiders. So 
they're very much like the Eagles. They've beaten the bad teams and haven't beaten the good teams. So I think the Eagles probably fall in between the opponents that the, Ra- the, the Broncos have played so far. So how the Broncos do the next three weeks against the Browns, the football team, and the Cowboys will say a lot. As of right now, I will pencil this in as a win for the Eagles, but I'm not sure that they're going to be favored against Denver. So we'll have to wait and see exactly how that shakes out. But right now, week 10, I have the Eagles going into Denver and beating the Broncos. Now, Week 11. This is another tough one, I think. The Saints come into Philadelphia. I'm not a big Saints guy. I've never been a Jameis Winston guy. I don't think any of you listening have been a big, big James Win- Jameis Winston guy, although I do remember that game when he was with the Bucks, where he, I think, threw five touchdown passes in Philadelphia. And I think the Saints have been a little bit better than I expected. They are 3-2. and two. They've destroyed the Packers in Week 1 and dominated the Patriots in Week 3, so they've beaten some good teams. They've also lost to the Giants and the Panthers. They did beat Washington, so they are a weird team. It seems like week in and week out, you never know what you're going to get from them. Sean Payton has had the Birds number in recent seasons. That's why I feel like this one's a loss. I think I think New Orleans will come into Philadelphia and hand the Eagles an L, so I have the Eagles losing against the Saints in Week 11. I also don't think, now we're getting into the part of the schedule where the Eagles are facing a lot of their divisional opponents, and so they're going to get the Giants twice here at the end of the season. In Week 12, the Eagles go to New York to take on the Giants, and I just don't think this Eagles team is good enough to sweep the Giants. As bad as the Giants are, I'm not sure the Eagles are a whole lot better, and I think they will go into New York and lose this game. I, I, I mean... I think it's a. I think there are a fair number of head coaches right now that you could really say have been the worst head coaches in the NFL. Nick Sirianni has been one of them, and Joe Judge has been one of them. Urban Meyer is another one, but I think those two guys are right there. I think this is Joe Judge's last season with the Giants. It's been a disaster there. They have a lot of injury issues, but despite upgrading their offensive weapons this offseason, it has not translated into wins on the field. With all their flaws, I think the Eagles are a slightly better team than the Giants, but I don't think they'll sweep them. So I'm giving the Giants the win at at home in this particular game. Um, I have the I have the Eagles getting revenge at home in Week 15. Eagles at the Jets in Week 13. Unless Zach Wilson explodes at some point over the next few weeks, I just cannot see the Eagles losing to the Jets even on the road. So I have the Eagles winning that game. I also have the Eagles winning the home game against Washington, their first game against Washington this year. And what a fraud team Washington has been, right? I mean, their defense was supposed to be one of the best in the NFL, but they have been awful. And they won the NFC East last year, but we have to remember they did it with a losing record. They're not good. And they are a mess on offense. Uh, Terry McLaurin has not been 100% healthy. Uh, Chris Samuel is supposed to be a guy that came in and really helped them and and has not been been available. And so they are a mess at quarterback also with Taylor Heineke. Um, Once uh, once, uh, Fitzpatrick went down, Heineke's gone in there and, you know, he's he's had some good moments, but he's largely just not a good enough quarterback to win week in and week out. So I don't think Heineke will even be the starter by the time week 14 rolls around. I don't know who it'll be, but I'll give the Eagles the home win here. But I do feel like the Washington will return the favor in two weeks. So week 15, I have the Eagles beating the Giants at home, but then I have the Eagles losing to Washington in the nation's capital. And then comes down to week 17, the Cowboys at the Eagles in Philadelphia. It really does depend on how badly the Cowboys need this game. It's a tightly packed NFC at the top right now. I know there's a possibility the Cowboys could be resting their starters. And if that's the case, 
the Eagles have a decent shot at winning that game. But depending on where the Eagles are battling for draft position, the Eagles might rest most of their starters in this game too. And the Cowboys could very well be fighting for home field advantage throughout the playoffs in this game. The Eagles could be fighting for a top 10 draft pick if some of the games I expect them to win don't come to fruition. So I think that the, I think Dallas will win. I'm going to predict a win in the final game of the season in Philadelphia against the Eagles because I do think there is a stronger chance that the Cowboys will have something to play for than the Eagles will. And the Cowboys are just a really good football team this year, you know, as I, as I predicted at the beginning of the season. So um, I'll also now get to my Las Vegas pick. And I do think the Eagles are going to go to Las Vegas, and I do think they're going to lose this game. Uh, I thought the Raiders played really well in their 34-24 win against the Broncos last week. At 4-2, they're in good shape to move that to 5-2. Now, as I mentioned uh, during uh, as I mentioned during during my talk with Matt just a minute ago, this is a letdown possibility for Las Vegas, and I do think that's a real thing. I am a believer in the letdown game, and coming off an emotional week where they got a big win against a divisional opponent, now they host an out of conference opponent. On a, after after going through all that emotion, there, there's going to be a letdown in the emotion by by Las Vegas. It's just a matter of can the Eagles play well enough to take advantage of what I think are going to be a number of Raiders mistakes on Sunday. And I just haven't seen enough from Nick Sirianni as a play caller, and I haven't seen enough from Jalen Hurts as a quarterback to tell me that they can go to Las Vegas and beat a team that's a decent football team in the Raiders. And we still don't know exactly what the Raiders are now with John Gruden not there. Might be a benefit for them if he's not there. Might It might really hurt them. But I do think Las Vegas is going to struggle a little bit this week. I think it'll be a close game between these two teams. But I do like the Raiders to edge the Eagles just slightly. I think it's going to be... Um, Something along the lines of uh, 24 to 21. I think the Eagles are going to have a hard time scoring. Um, when the Eagles do get in the red zone, they do score touchdowns. But uh, so much of the so much of the games that we've seen over these last few weeks, Jalen Hurts is just leaving a lot of plays on the field. And Nick Sirianni with the RPOs and the lack of a running game and the screens all over the place. It's it's a high school offense. And until I see some improvement. I just don't feel good about picking the Eagles to go on the road against a pretty good team and pull out a victory. So with the with a loss against the Raiders here on Sunday afternoon, I will say that I have the birds finishing at seven and ten, and that is with the easiest schedule in the NFL. I just don't see how you've seen enough from this Eagles team to predict them to beat a whole bunch of bad teams here. I think they're gonna split with the Giants. I think they're gonna split with Washington. And those are games where you would think maybe the Eagles have a chance of sweeping those teams. I just don't see it. I just don't see it, guys. And, you know, you've got teams like the Saints, who I think are a little better than the Birds at the moment. Some of these are home games. So, yes, maybe they maybe they do switch. You know, and, and that Broncos game, I, do, I, I could see that going another direction. Uh, certainly, if the Eagles go into Las Vegas on Sunday, I'll feel a lot better about those games. But where things stand right now, I have the Birds finishing 7-10, and 10, and that's with the easiest schedule in the NFL. Will that be enough for Nick Sirianni to avoid being a one-and-done coach? We'll see, but I also know that it'll move the Eagles down the draft board quite a bit, and that's not something that I really want to see either. So I'd rather see this team either flame out, get a really high draft pick, move on from Nick Sirianni if he's not going to be the guy. But of course, maybe we see some good things from Sirianni moving forward, and as a result, some good things from Jalen Hurts and this offense. And, you know, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. But 7-10 and 10 with the easiest schedule in the NFL, and that's with an Eagles loss 
this Sunday afternoon against the Raiders out in Sin City. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. My thanks to Matt Holder once again for joining me on the podcast. Folks, check out BleedingGreenNation.com every single day for the latest news, notes, and rumors on your birds. And also check out SilverAndBlackPride.com for all the latest information on the Raiders as well. Check out all of the podcasts we have for you at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Tell your friends to download, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy. P-G-N. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people.